your fellow Israelites. You must listen to him, for this is what you asked of the Lord your God at Horeb on the day of the assembly when you said, let us not hear the voice of the Lord our God nor see his great fire anymore or we will die. The Lord said to me, what they say is good. I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their fellow Israelites, and I will put my words in his mouth. He will tell them everything I command him. I myself will call to account anyone who does not listen to my words that the prophet speaks in my name. But a prophet who presumes to speak in my name anything I have not commanded, or a prophet who speaks in the name of other gods, is to be put to death. Second reading, Psalm 111. Praise the Lord. I will extol the Lord with all my heart in the counsel of the upright and in the assembly. Great are the works of the Lord. They are pondered by all who delight in them. Glorious and majestic are his deeds, and his righteousness endures forever. He has caused his wonders to be remembered. The Lord is gracious and compassionate. He provides food for those who fear him. He remembers his covenant forever. He has shown his people the power of his works, giving them the lands of other nations. The works of his hands are faithful and just. All his precepts are trustworthy. They are established forever and ever, enacted in faithfulness and uprightness. He provided redemption for his people. He ordained his covenant forever. Holy and awesome is his name. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All who follow his precepts have good understanding. To him belongs eternal praise. New Testament reading, 1 Corinthians 8, 1 through 13. Now, about food sacrificed to idols, we know that we all possess knowledge, but knowledge puffs up while love builds up. Those who think they know something do not yet know as they ought to know, but whoever loves God is known by God. So then, about eating food sacrificed to idols, we know that an idol is nothing at all in the world, and that there is no God but one. For even if there are so-called gods, whether in heaven or on earth, as indeed there are many gods and many lords, yet for us there is but one God, the Father, from whom all things came, and for whom we live. And there is but one Lord, Jesus Christ, through whom all things came, and through whom we live. But not everyone possesses this knowledge. Some people are still so accustomed to idols that when they eat sacrificial food, they think of it as having been sacrificed to a god. And since their conscience is weak, it is defiled. But food does not bring us near to God. We are no worse if we do not eat and no better if we do. Be careful, however, that the exercise of your rights does not become a stumbling block to the weak. For if someone with a weak conscience sees you, with all your knowledge, eating in an idol's temple, won't that person be emboldened to eat what is sacrificed to idols? So this weak brother or sister for whom Christ died is destroyed by your knowledge. When you sin against them in this way and wound their weak conscience, you sin against Christ. 
Therefore, if what I eat causes my brother or sister to fall into sin, I will never eat meat again so that I will not cause them to fall. From the Gospel of Mark, chapter 1, 21 through 28. They went to Capernaum, and when the Sabbath came, Jesus went into the synagogue and began to teach. The people were amazed at his teaching because he taught them as one who had authority, not as the teachers of the law. Just then, a man in their synagogue who was possessed by an impure spirit cried out, What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Be quiet, said Jesus sternly. Come out of him. The impure spirit shook the man violently and came out of him with a shriek. The people were all so amazed that they asked each other, What is this? A new teaching and with authority. He even gives orders to impure spirits and they obey him. News about him spread quickly over the whole region of Galilee. Thank you, Dolores. Thank you so much. I love the journey that we're taking through um, God's word together because his word is alive, it's powerful, it speaks to our lives, and we're going to allow these verses to speak to us today because God's word is true. It says in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, training, and righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Look at that verse. God's word today is going to teach us. For some of us, it might rebuke us or correct us. and It will definitely train us, and we will lack nothing, because he's going to equip us today through his word. And so let's jump into God's word together. In April, our church is taking a team to Bulgaria. We're going to have a missions trip there, and we're going to be working with children with Mission Possible, as well as running a pastor's conference. It's going to be a, a phenomenal trip. But when we go, we'll have an interpreter. Whenever pastors go somewhere, and I know many of you travel for business, so you probably have had this as well, where when you go to a foreign country, they haven't interpreted for you, whether you're talking to an individual or you're speaking to a crowd, and so oftentimes I, I have to get used to it, like saying something and stopping so they can interpret it, but as, the, as it goes on, as my sermon goes on, I always wonder, are they really saying what I'm saying, you know, <laughs> Or are they preaching their own sermon kind of thing? I, I, always, I always wonder that, and I, I'm, I'm not sure, uh, but uh, I, hope, I, hope that, uh, I hope that they are. I want to say that today because most of us, in the world in which we live, we've grown accustomed to getting our truth through interpreters. Let me tell you what I mean. There are people all around us telling us how we should feel, what we should think, how we should respond, whether it's our family, our friends, perhaps it's a teacher or a politician, maybe a radio or TV personality, there are all these people telling us, well, you should fill in the blank. So we're getting our truth from all these different interpreters, and I just want to say this clearly, that there is only one place to find our truth. There is only one voice that rings with truth, and that's the voice of Jesus, because he spoke with power and authority, and even the demons obeyed, as we saw in our scripture reading today. 
And whether it's his words in the gospel or God's word throughout scripture, listen to me, life is too short to listen to the wrong voices. And so we want to tune our ears to God's word this morning. What comes to mind when you think about God? When you think about him, what what, what pops into your mind? A.W. Tozer said, that's the most important thing about us, whatever comes to mind. And, And to be honest with you, I don't know if we think really hard enough about this. I don't know if we look at God's word deep enough. I don't even know if we're really understanding the the God who we're relating to. And sometimes we get so familiar with the God of our mind that we miss out on who he really is. We miss out on how big he is, his sheer size, his awesome power, his perfect judgment, his holiness. And that's why when we read from Psalm 111 today in verse 10, it says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. If we really start thinking about God and how big he is, yeah, we don't don't hear about fear much today, about the fear of the Lord. But I want to tell you, if you don't fear the Lord, your God is too small. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Uh, My Mark, who loves to study Science uh, found this out this week, and he thought it was such a, a, a neat fact. But uh, if you took like the head of a pin, just the small head of a pin, and you heated it up to the same temperature as the core of the sun, the energy from the heat on the head of that pin would destroy all living things within a thousand miles in every direction. So from here past New York, past Denver, past Houston, way up into Canada. Everything would be gone. And you think how small that is. And then you think, well, the power of the sun. But when you think about the sun in relation to the galaxies in our universe, that it's a small star, you have to realize that God spoke all of this into existence with his voice. He is awesome. He is powerful. He is wonderful. He is beautiful. And we've got to get a big view of him. And when we do get a big view of him, and when we do experience God, it it does cause us to fear. Because we saw that in our our Old Testament reading today in the book of Deuteronomy, where Moses is reminding, that's what he's doing in Deuteronomy, he's reminding the children of Israel of all that's gone through, and he's reminding them of one of their early encounters with the presence of God. He's reminding them of the time when they came to the mountain and the presence of God was so thick on the mountain, the thunder, the lightning, the, 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 the sheer presence of God. The mountain's on fire. And what do the people do? they like, Moses, you go talk to God. You go talk to Then you come back and you tell us what he said. Whatever he says, we'll do. Cause, cause, but you go. You go. Have you ever had a phone call that you didn't want to make or a meeting you didn't really want to go to? And that's so small compared to this, right? I mean, there's just, things we just, there's just things we dread. And I want to tell you, the people were scared to death. They dreaded going to this mountain. And they said, just, just come back. Just, just tell us. And, and this is just one of the many powerful experiences the children of Israel had with God. And so we read in Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 27. It's on the screen behind me. Go near and listen. This is what the people are saying to Moses. Go near and listen to all the Lord our God says. Then... Tell us whatever the Lord our God tells you. We will listen and obey. You go, Moses. 
You tell us what he says. Deuteronomy 5, 28 and 29, the the Lord heard you when you spoke to me, and the Lord said to me, I have heard what the people have said to you, and everything they said was good. Oh, that their hearts would be inclined to fear me and to keep all my commandments always, so that it may go well with them and with their children forever. God's saying, you know what, it's a good thing. It's a good thing that they fear me, and it's a good thing that they're going to listen to you when I tell you, when I write down the law, when I give it to you, Moses. It's a good thing that they're going to listen and they're going to obey because it will go well for them. It'll go well for their kids as well. It goes well when we listen and obey the voice of God. And I bet you when Moses came down, we know when Moses came down, he just, he was just bright. They had to hide his face. He was shining so bright with the glory of God. And when he spoke, he spoke the words of God. I mean, when Moses spoke, it was thus saith the Lord. And they had heard the voice of God. And the Bible tells us that there's one even greater than Moses coming. That there is one that isn't just the voice of God, but he is God. He doesn't just speak the word of God. He is the Word of God. It's God in the flesh. And so in our Gospel reading, Jesus shows up and at the very first time He enters the synagogue to teach, the very first words that He speaks, everybody in there recognizes His authority. That there's something different about this guy talking. He is not a rabbi that is commentating on what God said. He is not an interpreter of what God said. He is speaking the words of God. There was something special. There was something different. His words rang with the truth of God. And the Bible says they were amazed. And not only were his words powerful, all of a sudden the the demonstration of God's power is on display because as he's speaking for the first time, a demon manifests in the middle of the synagogue. This demon that's been sitting there in the synagogue all of a sudden realizes this is truth. This is Jesus, and it begins to manifest. And then Jesus casts that demon out. I love it because the demon listened to Jesus. The demon fled at Jesus' command, and the demon feared Jesus. That's power. That's authority. That's Jesus. So the questions for us today is, who do we listen to? Who do we respond to? Who do we fear? And I want to tell you today, do not listen to the have-truths of this world. Do not listen to those who say, you don't really need God anymore. You don't need to go to church. Don't listen to the voices that say there is no hell. Don't listen to the voices that would lead you away from God and His Word and the authority of what God has spoken. Do not listen to the false prophets of this world. Instead, listen to the Word of God. Listen to Jesus. And Jesus shows up in the temple that day, the synagogue that day, and this is what he preaches. Repent, because the good news of the kingdom is here. What's the good news of the kingdom? Why did Jesus come? Jesus came to forgive our sins. Jesus came and he died on a cross because every single one of us, we've all sinned. We've all fallen short. When you think about how big and good and awesome and holy God is, we've all gone our own way. We've all done our own thing. But God wasn't content just to destroy us. He loved us so much that he came. He died on a cross for our sin. That's the good news of the kingdom. 
The good news is you don't have to say the same. You can have your sins forgiven. And it's not just that your sins are forgiven. He also came to destroy the works of the devil. He came to break the power of sin in your life, the power of the enemy over you. He already defeated the enemy. The enemy that comes to rob, kill, and destroy is gone. It's over. He came to destroy that, and he came to restore, recreate, and remake us into his image. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you might have life, abundant, full, rich, satisfying life. That's why he came. That is the good news of the kingdom. And so when they hear Jesus, they hear of his love. They hear of his freedom. They hear of his power. And that's the voice we need to listen to today. And that's the voice that we need to fear In the story of The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe by C.S. Lewis, uh, when the older sister Susan finds out that Aslan, the, the, the type character of Christ, that when Aslan's a lion, she's like, I don't really want to meet a lion. And she asks the question, is he safe? He says, safe? Of course he isn't safe. But he's good. He's the king. That's God. You don't have to be scared. He's good. When they dedicated the temple, Solomon finally builds the temple, and they dedicated it. On the day they dedicated it, the, the presence of God was so thick in the temple. It was so powerful in that moment that the priests couldn't even move. They couldn't do their work. God's presence was, they just couldn't move, and the people couldn't come in. That's how thick the presence of God was around that place. And the people feared the Lord, it said, but you know what they said? All they could do, this is this one refrain, the Lord is good, and his love endures forever. The Lord is good, and his love endures forever. Sometimes when we think of a great big God, we get really scared, and, and the devil will try to tell you, yeah, you should be scared should run away. The Bible says the Lord is good and his love endures forever. And you don't have to be afraid of the power or the presence of God. And we felt it this morning, didn't we? I mean, we don't have to be afraid of that. We can walk in that. And when we're standing in awe of God, all of a sudden we get our eyes off of ourselves and we stop judging others and we just get a picture of who God is. And a lot of times when we get that picture of who God is, the natural instinct is to run away. I get it. That's what Adam did, right? As soon as Adam sinned and he realized, I'm in big trouble, what does he do? He tries to go. He tries to hide. And that's the natural thing to do. That's what the natural man does. That's what Adam did. It's like, I'm scared. I got to go. I'm going to run away. But God is calling you to himself, not to run away. Because there's another character in Scripture that blows it bad that doesn't run away from God, and his name is Peter. When you think about Peter's life at the most critical juncture in the life and ministry of Jesus, at that last moment of Jesus' life, Peter denies Jesus not once, not twice, but three times. And it says on the third time, Jesus was coming out, he saw Jesus, and he heard the rooster crow. And he had failed, he had blown it, and he could have run away. But what's amazing in the New Testament story is that Peter doesn't run away. Because as soon as he hears Jesus rose from the dead, what does he do? He runs to the tomb. He runs to the tomb. And Jesus isn't there. 
So we're still waiting for Jesus. And then when he recognizes Jesus on the seashore, after the miraculous catch of fish, he recognizes Jesus. He jumps out of the boat. He swims. He runs. He falls at Jesus' feet. You know, you think about it. It's like, it's like I want to run to God. I don't want to run away from God. And Peter knew Jesus, and Peter had seen Jesus' love and Jesus' forgiveness, and he's seen all the miracles that Jesus did, and, 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 and he knew, he heard the story of the prodigal son, that I can always run home. I can always come back. And I think that's so important. When we have the presence of God, we need to run to the presence of God. Because in the story of the prodigal son, the father never calls that son prodigal. The older brother does. He's got some choice words for the other son. But the father only refers to him as my son. And God only refers to you as his son, as his daughter. Do not run away from me. Run to me. Run to my presence. Yes, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and we've got to realize how big he is. But don't let that fear have you run in the other direction. Run to the awesome presence of Jesus, because life is too short, and life is too hard to be running in the wrong direction. And it's too short and too hard to listen to the wrong voices. The devil will tell you that the Lord is not good. His love runs out, but God says, no, I am good, and my love endures forever. I am love. You look at the psalm that we read today, it talks about how big and how powerful God is. And if you go back and review it this week, it'll talk about how God takes care of those who fear him, takes care of those who love him, takes care of those who run to him. And it's, and it's a physical care because it says he provides bread, but he also provides the spiritual things that we need. That when we run to him, he takes care of us. And so he's active in our lives. And so we live our life for a very big God. But we don't live our life our way. We live it his way in worship to him because we want his presence in our life. We want the same presence of Jesus that walked into uh, the, the, the synagogue and began to preach. Like we, they, we want that truth. We want that power that causes the demons to run. There is no substitute for that power in this world. And imagine if we walked in the power and the authority of Jesus. He's the only one to follow. He's the only one to listen to. He's the only one to worship. And so don't live outside of his presence. Don't run away. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Run to him. Run to his voice. Pursue him today. Would you bow your heads and your hearts with me as we enter back into just a closing moment of worship of our powerful God. And once again, before we leave, we will sing, How Great is Our Lord. And I want us to get a picture of us running to Him, not running away. I want you to get a, a picture of you listening to Him, living His way, not the way of any other commentator, any other interpreter of you should feel this and you should do this and you should think this way, but that you would listen to the voice of Jesus, that you would listen to the word as it is read every single week here, that we will say, I will live my life according to your word.
Because God, you are big and you are powerful and you are awesome and you are wonderful and you have all authority and life is too short to be listening to the wrong voices and to be running away from you. We're going to listen to your voice, Jesus, today. I encourage you this morning to listen to the voice of Jesus. If you have never surrendered your life to Jesus, if this is all brand new to you, but you know that this world has nothing to offer and you know that He is a holy God and that there is sin in your life and you want to turn and you want to come to Him, I want to tell you today, He will call you son. He will call you daughter. He is good and His love never fails. His arms are wide open. And all you need to do this morning is just invite Jesus in. And I'm going to invite you to to just say this prayer with me. Whether you're here right now in this room or or listening or or maybe watching online, I, I want you to pray this prayer, this prayer of commitment, and just say, you are the Lord of my life, Jesus. I'm going to follow you. You are great and awesome. Will you repeat this prayer after me? Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. I need your forgiveness. I believe that you died for my sins. I want to turn from my sins. I now invite you to come into my heart and life. I want to trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. Let me pray before we sing. God, we, we want to trust and follow you. And Lord, we're going to uh, stop listening to this world and we're going to stop doing our own thing and we're going to stop being scared of everything and everyone else. And Lord, we're going to listen to you and we're going to follow you. But I pray that as we listen, as we follow the that your power and your authority would be inside of us. And that we'd be free from the power of sin, free from the work of the the devil, and Lord, that you would be recreating us and remolding us and reshaping us into your image. Because great are you, Lord. We just want to worship you. You're the only voice we want to hear. You're the only one worthy of our worship, worthy of our life. And so, Lord, today we stand and sing our prayer. Great are you, Lord. Great are you, Lord. Would you stand with me this morning? And before we receive the blessing of the Lord...